0: Hola mi gente, welcome to Money Chisme, a Latinx podcast dedicated to teaching financial literacy, how to manage and grow your money, entrepreneurship, and just here to chisme out about any money related topic. I am your host, Violeta, a first-generation immigrant, and let me tell you, I had to struggle on my own financial journey, and now, as a financial literacy expert, I am here to share my mistakes and my experience, share tips to help you on your own financial journey. So last week, I talked about how important it is for you to be involved in the finances in your relationship. So make sure you check that episode out because it has a real life story about uh, the consequences of not knowing what is going on in the finances in your relationship. Now this week, I want to talk about what that would look like to be involved in uh, the finances of your relationship. And I wanna do that through Talking about how you would set up financial goals with your partner um, because now, you know, we're coming at the end of the year. So everybody's in the mindset of the new year, new me, setting up goals for themselves and doing, you know, like vision boards uh, for the goals that they want to accomplish next year. But how many are actually doing the same thing with their finances in their relationship? And so I want to talk about how important it is to, you know, start creating financial goals and how you would go about in doing that. Now, I get it because finances in general can be like intimidating and can be overwhelming. And it's kind of like a sensitive subject and even worse in a relationship. But it's even more important when you are trying to like combine your finances in a relationship because it affects you know the future of that relationship and so that would be step number one is to you know have that conversation with your partner and get on the same page that hey we need to start you know talking about finances and we can't have it being this taboo subject and avoid it and sometimes you're not even like trying to avoid it you just like um Just it just happens that way. Like, for example, I'm a big advocate of like having even in a relationship, even in a marriage or whatever you have, like your separate bank accounts and your own like finances. So you have that like that freedom in your finances and that stability in case, you know, something happens. You just never know. Uh, but with that mentality, even when my husband and I were, like, dating and we had been, you know, like, living together, so, you know, we had to pay bills and all that stuff, and we would talk about that, but we wouldn't talk about, like, each other's finances, like, he kept his finances, like, whatever, and I kept my finances, whatever, because um, at that point, I really was like, well, this is my business, that's his business, whatever. But if you're in a relationship, and you're trying to like to head towards like, you know, um, marriage, or if you are married, that's even more of a reason, even if you are keeping your separate accounts, you should be having these conversations. So that would be step number one is to, you know, understand that these are conversations that you need to be having. And so, with that in mind, uh the next thing you want to do is to make sure that you are creating this uh environment to where you want to uh feel safe talking about your finances or each other's finances and creating like this you know no judgment zone, a guilt free environment to where each person can talk about where um their finances are or what their concerns are or whatever. Um, because, you know, more than likely one is always better off than the other, which can make the other person feel kind of like intimidated, or maybe they feel guilty about, you know, some financial decisions that they made or mistakes. And so you want to encourage and create that environment that, Hey, You you, we will talk about finances and I'm not going to judge you about it. I'm not going to make you feel bad about it. It is just we're having a conversation about finances um, and that's all it is. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to get mad or anything. So uh, make sure you are creating that environment to encourage that conversation to happen. So for example, with me, I'm the more stable one. I'm the more financial literate one. And so I didn't really realize this, but at the beginning it kind of intimidated my husband. Well, he was my boyfriend at the time. And it really intimidated him because he was, um, you know, he had made some mistakes, some uh, poor financial decisions like early on. Uh, when he was younger, that still affected him. And then he saw me that, you know, um, I was starting to invest and, you know, I was debt-free and all that stuff. So it kind of intimidated him. So he was kind of just not um, not necessarily hiding it, but he would avoid those topics uh, because his mentality was to try to fix them on his own. So that way, when we eventually would get married, that he didn't bring that onto the relationship, but you know, he had to deal with that on his own and you know, like basically suffer in silence. And it was because, um, you know, he felt probably that we didn't have a good environment to talk about these finances. And, um, I probably could have done a better job in making sure that he knew that I wasn't going to judge him or you know, judge him or anything like that. So, um, and make him feel guilty or whatever. So um, creating that environment is a, a must to make sure that each person feels comfortable in sharing their financial experiences, mistakes, or whatever it may be. Now that both of you in your relationship feel more comfortable in talking about finances because you created a safe environment to have this conversation now you need to move on to analyzing where each of you stand in your finances so you want to figure out you know how much debt does each one of you have what's your credit score what you know kind of saving habits do you have your spending habits what kind of bills do you have Um, Because you are going to use this as your starting point. And um, if you want to, you know, create goals and financial goals and create a plan uh, for the next year, like you need to figure out where both of you are at right now. So that way that you figured out where your money is going, your spending habits and all that and where you stand right now in your finances, now you can use that and figure out what type of financial goals you want to set in your relationship. And the first way to set your goal is to figure out why you want to set a certain goal. So what is your why? Like, do you want to um, save up a certain amount of money to maybe buy a house? Or do you want to become debt free? Or maybe you want extra cash so y'all could start investing. And you will be using these whys to figure out the goals that you want to set and use that why to motivate you to accomplish these goals. And you want to have some short-term goals, some mid-term goals, and some long-term goals. Now, the method that I use to make my own personal finance goals is using the SMART goals method. And it's basically an acronym that stands for Uh, Making sure that your goals are specific, that they're measurable, that they're attainable, that they're realistic, and that they are time specific. So basically when you are creating your goals, you want to be specific about your goals, like have um, a lot of detail in your goal. Don't make it so vague. Your goal should be measurable and it should have a way for you to track it um, because otherwise it's going to be hard to, um, you know, figure out if you are getting close to that goal or, or even if you accomplished your goal um, and you want to make sure it's even attainable and realistic to your situation. So like, you know, saying, hey, I want to be a millionaire by next year. Um, is that realistic to your situation? Is And is that attainable to where you are right now? Um, and you want to be time-specific that um, correlates to your goals. So even though you say, hey, I want to be a millionaire by next year, yeah, it's time-specific, but you know, it's doesn't follow the other two where it's not attainable and it's not realistic to your situation. So for example, what would a smart goal look like? Well, it would be something to the effect of, let's say I want to save $1,200 in my savings account, uh, for an emergency fund. So I'm, I'm kind of specific on what it's going to be used for. It's going to be for an emergency fund and in my savings account. And I want to uh, save those $1,200 in one year. So now I am time-specific. I have a timeline of when I want to accomplish this goal. And how is it going to you know be measurable and trackable? Well, I'm going to... You know, have a hundred dollars each month in my savings account so I can look each month in my savings account and see that I put a hundred dollars and I could track it that way and make sure that I am on on track to save up those twelve hundred dollars. Now, is it attainable and realistic to my situation? $100 a month uh, for 12 months so I could save up those $1,200 may or may not be attainable for me. Maybe I have a lot of debt. Maybe I don't have extra um, money, you know, left over after paying my bills and everything like that. So it, it might not be realistic in my situation or it might be and I could see, oh, well, Um, If I cut back on eating out so much or whatever it may be, then I could easily save those $100 each month. Um, So that would be a smart financial goal. Now, the other thing to consider when you're making these financial goals as a couple is that some of these goals may have to be pushed back. So maybe let's say you say, hey, I want to buy a house next year and you see it as maybe like a short term or a midterm goal and then after you looked at your finances and kind of reviewed um each other's finances and where you both stand you might see that oh you know what um the other one or i have a lot of debt that i need to pay off first because my debt to income ratio is going to be way too high for us to get a loan, so we need to tackle that first. So now your um, goal to buy a house next year needs to be pushed further back, or maybe you have to figure out a different strategy to get your debt to uh, income ratio down before you apply for a loan. Uh, So those are things to consider. And uh, another thing is to make sure that both of you are on the same page for your financial goals. So maybe you want to buy the house in a year and maybe your significant other might not be ready for a house or is intimidated or whatever it may be. And so it's important to talk about these goals and explain your goals clearly, which is why you want to make uh, your goal smart, where it's specific and detailed, because sometimes if you go to your significant other and make such a vague um, goal or, or financial goal, um, then they might not understand your mentality and then might not be on board with that goal. So you want to have that conversation and explain the goals, agree on the goals and, and compromise so that you know, you both are on the same page. And then now you can begin to start creating a plan on how you want to achieve those goals. So um, that is the next step is actually talking about a plan and creating one on how you want, like what actions you need to take to be able to accomplish those goals in the time frame that you gave yourself. Now, quick shameless plug I am launching an ebook, which will be a guide and tool to help you understand where you are right now in your finances so you could have that starting point and so you could create your financial goals and actually come up with an action plan to help you achieve those goals. Now that will be coming out in January, so make sure you are following my socials that are linked in the description so that way you don't miss out. So why do you want to create an an action plan for your goal? Because, you know, okay, $1,200, I know I want to save up $1,200 for the next year, but without a plan, I could find myself scrambling to try to meet that goal because maybe I forgot this month I was like oh man I I needed to I forgot that I needed to save and um, now I'm behind on you know like six months went by now and I'm behind and now I instead of having the whole year to save $1,200 now I have six months and it's because I didn't have a plan on how I want to achieve this goal, so in order to prevent that, we're going to create an action plan for each specific goal. So you, for example, going back to the twelve hundred dollars, we're going to create a plan on how we are going to achieve that in the time frame that we said, which was in a year, right? And the way that I personally like to uh, create my financial action plans or my plans to achieve my goal is to work backwards. So I know that I want to have $1,200 in my emergency savings fund, in my bank account, in my savings account, right? And so how can I accomplish this goal in the timeframe that I said I wanted to get it done? And the next thing you want to do is figure out how you can break it up to have, you know, smaller, you know, pieces of that goal so that way it's not, you know, accumulating, it's not overwhelming and it's not uh achievable to you and so that you're not scrambling and don't forget. So those $1200 is, you know, okay, well there's 12 months in a year, so that means I could break it up into 12 months to where if I save $100 each month, then that would end up with $1,200 at the end of the year. So then I would have reached my goal. So now you have this new mini goal from your larger goal that you set. So now your new smaller goal is, hey, I need to save up $100 each month. And now you have to work on figuring out how you can achieve this hundred dollars a month. And you go through and see, okay, can I save up a hundred dollars to have a hundred dollars each month to spare? And so you go back uh, to the other step where you looked at where you are financially, your spending habits and stuff like that, and what all bills you owe or whatever, what debt you have, and you notice that, hey. I don't have $100 to spare. I only have $50 to spare. And so now you're like, okay, so I'm $50 short. And that becomes another small goal on how can I uh, make up the $50 different. So now you have another smaller portion of the original action plan that you have to figure out. Where can I get this extra $50? And so you go back, check your finances, and you see that, hey, maybe I don't need to eat out every day or whatever. I can maybe save $50 extra each month if I uh, don't eat out as much. And so that way I could hit that $100 goal. And so now you have another small goal of, you know, not eating out as much, at least $50 worth of savings. So that way you could add it to the other $50 and save the $100 for that month. So now you can figure out like, how do you want to do that? Do you just pick a, a week that you don't eat out at all? Or do you break it up each week that, hey, you pick two days where you don't eat out or whatever it may be how you want to do that to get those $50 in savings. So that way you could save up the $100 a month. And then you could go even further on figuring out well how can you not eat those two days out of the week and you know like by meal prepping or whatever and so that's basically the uh idea of creating your plan and walking backwards through each step and then you end up with having smaller goals and smaller chunks throughout uh that time frame so that way you can reach your uh financial goals and also it bring it helps bring up like new things that you didn't probably foresee because hey without my action plan hey I just need to save twelve hundred dollars in twelve months but as I walked through on what I needed to do to be able to achieve that I realized hey I didn't have $50, uh, I didn't have the $100, I was short $50, so how can I get those $50? Well, I needed to cut back on something. And so um, now I have smaller little goals that I need to accomplish so I could accomplish my larger goal. Now, after you created your action plan, you want to figure out accountability and that doesn't mean like, hey, you um, give it all to somebody. So uh, like in last week's episode, <laughs> the um, we talked about how sometimes it falls on just one person most of the time, usually the one that's more experienced. But really, it really does fall on both of y'all to make sure that You are doing what you need to do, like accomplishing those smaller goals to end up reaching that bigger financial goal. So you will be holding each other accountable to make sure that you're not eating out, you know, more than three times a week uh, at work and that you're doing those meal preps twice a week. So that way. Those savings can add up to those $50 that you need to add to the $100 to save each month. So that way those $100 end up being the $1,200 that you need. And lastly, the last thing you want to do when you're doing your financial goals and your financial plan is that you are periodically uh, reassessing your plan because things change and um, you might end up reaching your goal faster or just having an easier time reaching that goal or you just may have a harder time so maybe i got a promotion this year and so i'm making more money and so now i have those a hundred dollars easily and i don't have to do the the 50 or whatever so now i'm like all right well now we don't have to worry about um you know not eating out for those two days out of the week, because now we have the extra income to be able to save up for those $1,200. Or maybe um, I had a small emergency, like, hey, I popped a tire, so now I had to buy new tires or whatever. And so now that caused me to have uh, less income. And so that means, Hey, I need to readjust on how many times I'm eating out, or maybe I just need to extend that time frame. to, uh, now I can't do it in a year. I have to do it in a year and a half or whatever. Or in the other case where I had a promotion, maybe now I could reach my goal faster and now I could do it in six months. And so, um, you need to reassess periodically and you know and make money dates and you know like my husband and i we uh, may not be a money date but you know we set time and you know like that's our goal now is to make sure that you know at least once a month we are talking about our finances our goals and making sure that we are still on track and reassessing what maybe came up or whatever. So that way we can adjust. So that way we could keep on meeting these financial goals that we set for ourselves. And so these are the things that I've been using in my relationship, the steps that me and my husband take each time that we are setting up our financial goals and to make sure that we're on the same page and that we're tracking and holding each other accountable. So yeah, hopefully these tools will help you in um, having that conversation with your partner on finances and help you set up your goals and creating a plan so that way you can hit those financial goals and set up your relationship for financial success. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This one will be the last one for this year. So I will be taking a break for the holidays because I will be going on vacation, but I will still be reachable. i still be active on social media. Um, I'm just not going to upload an episode until next year. So hope you have a happy holidays and a happy new year. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave me a review and don't forget to share so others may find the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest or have any topics or questions you'd like to hear discussed, you can reach out to me at any of my social media or email me at manichismeblog at gmail.com. Hasta la próxima. Bye.